podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, Chris Parsons here from Steve Bloomer's Washing. Welcome to our final Derby County podcast of 2023, in which we're looking back on the year that was over on the Steve Bloomer's Washing Patreon and bringing you a few highlights from the past 12 months. Our Patreon is where we release most of our exclusive interviews with former Rams players and managers, and we've chatted to several key names associated with Derby this year. Our first guest of 2023 was a former Rams midfielder signed by Jim Smith in December 1999, with the Bald Eagles side needing leadership and fight as the spectre of premiership relegation loomed large. Scottish international Craig Burley joined the club for £3 million from Celtic and chipped in with some key contributions as Derby stayed in the top flight until 2002. Burley now works as a pundit for ESPN in the USA and when we spoke to him in January, he gave us some great insight into playing under the late, great Jim Smith. And you found out pretty early on, didn't you, that Jim isn't a man to mince his words, particularly with regards to, I think, your your transfer fee at one point. Is that right? Obviously, I'd scored a few goals at Chelsea and then I went to Celtic. I'd scored a lot of goals and from midfield. You know, in 1997-98, I was voted the Scottish Football Writers Player of the Year. Jim saw me as somebody that could obviously get goals, which I, I can't remember in that season, 99 2000, my first year there, I can't remember how many I got, but I got a few between December and the end of the season. There was a few penalties in there as well, I believe. But we were playing, I think it was my second or third game at Leicester, at Filbert Street as it was then. And five minutes before kickoff, I had to take a nature break and use the bathroom. And I'm in there and who doesn't walk in but Jim stands next to me and then basically says to me, bloody hell, Craig, he says, I bought you to score goals from midfield. You've not even had a shot yet. And that was like, uh, I was like, give me a chance. I'm just in. So he was just, you know, you've not even had a bloody shot at goal yet. I bought you to score goals. Well, what, what have I bought? And and I was like, and this was before the game. So it was like that. That was just Jim. Jim, it was, Jim didn't do subtlety. He just told you straight. And uh, I thought to myself, not that I wasn't trying, but I thought, well, I better get my finger out of here. This, Jim is, Jim's expecting me to score X amount of goals. So, yeah, that was my first taste of sort of Jim's straightforward approach. Jim would just say things sometimes. And, you know, I didn't have an issue with it. As you said, I'd, by that point, I'd played in FA Cup finals and had won the league at Celtic and had been at World Cup. So I wasn't wet behind the ears. And I got more frustrated with him when he shouted at the younger lads because they used to crumble. You know, some of them, Rory and Seth Johnson, Dion Dublin and... Um, sorry, Dion Burton, sorry, and others. Crumble's maybe the wrong word. The, it used to affect them more when Jim used to start shouting at them. But, you know, I knew I had a job to do. Uh, that was a huge game, actually, Leicester 3-0. Uh, you know, we had a great... I think we scored all three in the first half. Uh, that was the game, unfortunately, Stan Collinmore dislocated his ankle uh, playing a pass across the field. I was stood basically right next to him. It was, it was not a pleasant thing to witness for any player. Uh, to see somebody else on the field go through that. Uh, and uh, But yeah, that was a... You know, I'd always fancied myself as shooting from outside the box. It's something I'd always did in my career. I'd scored quite a few at Chelsea from outside the box, the same at Celtic. 
So I wanted to make sure I was delivering from the middle of the park. Uh, and a side that really wasn't dominating games, it's easier to score goals in a side that's dominating games. But when you didn't have the domination that, that our team weren't capable of at the time, it was a wee bit more difficult. We lost the game and he wanted the tiles in the bathroom changed because he thought they were they thought they were a bad omen. You know, one of the times when I think Carbonari was sent off against Leeds and he was in such a pickle at half time. He was trying to trying to tell Neil Sillett it was damage limitation. And it, the words came out as lamage dimitation, which just cra- which just cracked everybody up, you know, because he, you know, Jim would be he'd be going instead of jeeing the boys up, he'd be going around the dressing room saying we're screwed, we're screwed now, we're screwed, we're screwed. So, you know, that was kind of the opposite of what you would expect from a manager. But you know, he's just a great character. I love, I love being in the training with him. I love being in the dressing room with him. I loved having these little tit for tats with him in an argument, and sometimes he'd say to me you've got too much to say for yourself. And I said, well, that's why you brought me in here. Because sometimes in the dressing room after the game, I, I would get maybe quite angry or maybe point the finger at a few people. And Eric Steele said to me a few years ago that Jim loved that because he he felt that his words sometimes were falling on deaf ears because they were hearing it from the same person all the time. And so he was pleased to have others in the dressing room that would that would confront people and, I, and that's what that dressing room needed at that point and I noticed it when I went in when I went in in that December I, it needed it needed rallying it needed to kick up the backside it needed standards to be lifted and, I, and I'm not suggesting that I did that all by myself but I, I certainly understood that's what it needed otherwise we were the trap door was going to open in March of this year we were lucky enough to be invited to Derby's Moore Farm training ground where we had an exclusive sit-down with Rams winger Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. He's now in the form of his career at Derby this season, of course, and has played a big part in the last campaign too. But it wasn't always so rosy for the Guatemalan international, who once served a drugs-related ban from football earlier in his career, of course. And as you'll hear in this clip, even considered giving up on the game entirely at one point. And I mean, those tough times that you've had in your career, we'll get onto those more in a little bit, but the, the sort of ups and downs you've had, being without a club, um, having no agent, that sort of thing. Did those difficult times make you appreciate seasons like this one more, would you say? Yeah, uh, for sure. Like I missed, you know, there was a point where I was, you know, I was half like... <sighs> I just don't really know if football's for me, you know, I'm not really... You thought about thought about giving up altogether? Yeah, you know, like, I loved the game and then I was just like, oh, it's just, you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be for a bit. And then, you know, the the politics that came with it and I just thought, like, oh, is it, is it really for me? Um, and then, obviously, I was away from football for a little bit. Um, there was times when I thought, you know, I feel happy now. Uh, but then... I, I then I felt like I did miss it. So then, like, you know, I went to Middlesbrough and then, you know, I was there for a bit again. I don't know whether this was part of having kids or being far away, but it was just, you know, I was missing, like, my kids being born and Christmas and whatnot. And I was just like, oh, you know, I'm falling out of love with it again. And to be fair, I, I came here late as well. Uh, I think the boys had been in for, like, a few weeks already. And... As soon as I walked through the door, I was just like, 
ah, this is where I want to be. Like, I love it. And, you know, I haven't looked back since. Like, I'm in such a good place. So Derby and the manager sort of helped you fall back in love with football. Yeah, in, yeah, a way. in a way, yeah. You could say that. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to ask you specifically about what happened at, at Cardiff and, and the, the reasons why you left there. But, you know, it's, it's a few years ago and you said it's it's in the past. But the reason I mention it is because you said at the time um, that you were so thankful to your family, your friends, your agent, even the PFA uh, for like helping you fight those silent battles that you, you talked about. Um, so how important were those people in getting you through those personal hurdles that you've had in your life? Uh, so important, you know, not even were important. They still still are so important to me now. Uh, my partner, um, obviously kids now as well. Um, my agent, my friends, uh, like the real the real friends. Um, yeah, also important, you know. Uh, I think when you hear people say about like keeping keeping a a good circle around you, um, it's half just like yeah, you think that you know. But it's when you really hit certain points in your life when you you see who who is real and who you need to be around. And you know, thankfully, I had I had a few good ones around me. Was it um, was it after you left Cardiff? Was that the time when you were thinking about your future in the game, sort of thing? Was yeah, that? yeah, it was after I left Cardiff. Um, you know, like obviously, I've been I've been on a journey since then that's obviously diff- a lot different to the journey I had previous to that. And you know, you learn things about yourself as you go and, you know, you grow up as well. And so I learned a lot about myself, um, you know, how I looked at things, how I valued things. Um, and I could say, you know, I changed for the better. NML there. And I think all Rams fans are certainly grateful that he decided not to give up on football. Uh, this year on SBW, we've released several at the match podcasts unfiltered reactive episodes recorded directly on the terraces around the country on our travels following the mighty rams in september we did our first at the match pod at pride park for the visit of portsmouth where james collins of course smashed derby in front with a late penalty before there was a very very late sting in the tail Tom, I don't think we really deserve that, but fair play to James Collins. He absolutely roofed that penalty. Chris Barton's trademark thunder bastard into the back of the net. What a penalty, emphatic stuff. Coach, is that, is that the goal we deserved? I don't think it is. It's a nil-nil game after the first point. Derby looks a bit bright in the last five minutes. We've got a penalty. Let's go.
touch. We haven't really had any attempts on goal. I can even remember <laughs> if we deserve this. If we, if we do see it out, we have. I agree with Tom. We haven't necessarily deserved to win. We haven't. Uh, Pompey haven't necessarily deserved to win either. So it's been a, a very 50-50 game. And how, how many times have you said that today? No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no quality. No quality on either side. And and they handballed it in the box and we didn't. Yeah. You're, you're an away fan, you come away from this game going, oh, we're quite excited because we're holding Derby, a, a better team than us away from home and we're playing really well after 70 minutes. But then you go and make a mistake like that defensively and Derby have punished them. Uh, there's another handball there, Beth, come on. Um, but at the same time, like... Probably going forward, trying to get a cross in. In it goes. Oh! That's good. Handball, handball. Can't be equalised. There's a big handball in the middle of that. I'd love to see the replay, but I think that's handball. It's 1-1. 94 minutes played. I don't think we can really have any complaints. No, I think a draw is a fair result, as I was saying like a minute ago. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do think that Derby hadn't made a mistake in terms of that. Like Derby didn't do enough to go forward and score the goal. I was uh, quite surprised that we did score it. And then um, Paul's have come back and scored it. I do think there was a handball in that, so I'd like to see the replay. Back to former player interviews on the FBW Patreon now, and our October exclusive was a very revealing, honest and inspiring chat with ex-Derby defender Mark O'Brien. OB, of course, had his whole career ahead of him when he broke into the Derby County team as a teenager, but the Irish centre-back's life was turned upside down when he was diagnosed with a life-threatening heart condition, which could later force him to retire from the game aged just 27. When we chatted to OB a couple of months back, he recalled his debut for Derby County under Nigel Clough, and he was surprisingly good at remembering the starting lineup from the time. It's 14 years ago when you actually broke into Derby's first team now as uh, as a teenager, um, with your first appearance for the Rams coming in at the end of the 08-09 season against Watford away. A 3-1 defeat, I believe, but how much do you really remember of, of that game all those years ago? The game itself, probably not as much. I'd always said I'd love to watch it back if I ever had the opportunity to kind of see how it actually went, because it was all kind of a whirlwind that that last week of the season. I remember I got told on the Monday, you're down training with the force team, and I took that, and I trained all week with the force team, which was, like, obviously it was it was a brilliant experience in itself, and then to find out I was travelling away to Watford, not never known I was ever going to play, but to try and travel with a force team and, and be thought of like that was was another amazing time. And again, I remember sitting on the bench um after the first half and I was sitting next, next to Mark Dudley at the time who was sitting on the bench and he was a first-year pro. And I remember he looked over Andy Garner's shoulder to, to say, um, who was going on as substitutes, who was who was going to be next. And he looked over the shoulder and said, OB, you're coming on after 60 minutes. And I just remember looking up at like the time board and seeing 57, 58 minutes gone. And all of a sudden, felt like the nerves just come over me. And Andy Garner turned around to me and said, right, OB, go get warm. And I just jogged up and down this touchline. And I think I was just trying to hold in being sick, if anything, because I just had that many nerves go through me. But I just remember getting back to the bench and Nigel Clough just putting his arm around me and saying, head it and kick it, be a defender. And that's all he said to me. He said, go on and enjoy yourself. And 
I obviously came on when it was 3-0 down and I cleared one off the line and um we scored a goal when I was on the pitch. So it was like it was it was an amazing moment and I think the game felt as though it passed me by so quickly because I was only on the pitch for a half an hour, but it was something where it was the first moment of me thinking this is this is what I dreamt of my whole life. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And it literally just it, it was from that moment I was like football is a hundred percent for me because everything went so well and I just as I said I loved every minute of it. Now we do do this occasionally with with podcast guests, but as a way of bit of an icebreaker, if you will, but you've talked quite, it sounds like you remember the game quite well. Uh, as we said, it's a 3-1 defeat to Watford. You came on as a second half sub. How many of Derby's starting 11 do you think you could name? Oh, the starting 11, I would say it was Stephen Boywater in goal. Ryan Con- uh, not Ryan Connolly, was Connolly playing right back. It was Rob Holtz, Lewinoy Tanga centre-back. Oh, um, left back was... Oh, it wasn't Gareth Roberts, Tom. No, no. Was it Jay McEverly? Uh, wasn't Jay McEverly? No, no. Um, I'm not sure on the left back. I think midfield was Robbie Savage. Yeah, and I think Barry Bannon. It was Barry Bannon. Yeah, I wonder if he was the left back. Maybe I he probably, no, maybe he was in the middle. It's, 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 it's genuinely quite hard to tell looking at this lineup who was playing yeah. <laughs> left back. And then I think Gary Thiel. Yeah. Gary Teal was there, yeah. Um, Tito Villa. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, it was Tito Villa and somebody else. But I think that's as far as I get with the knowledge of that first team. That is a much better effort than I was going to give you credit for, to be fair. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's very solid. So, yeah, Bywater, Connolly. I forgot that was a game where Rob Holes played at the back. That was just complete. I, I still don't understand that to this day. Uh, then Nyatanga. Uh, John Eustace was in there as well. Barry Bannon, Gary Teal, Robbie Savage, Chris Commons, Stephen Pearson, uh, Rob Hulse, and Luke Varney. And on the bench was, uh, is it Lewis Price? I think it was. Uh, Jason Beardsley, I want to say. Jason uh, Beardsley, yeah. Yeah, yourself, Mark Dudley, and Tito Villa. Well, well played. <laughs> Mark, that's a good effort. Finally, in our best of 2023 on Patreon, here's another clip from last month's exclusive sit-down with former Rams player, coach and manager Gary Rowett, who's remembered by a lot of fans for his acrimonious departure to Stoke City in the summer of 2018. We asked Rowett how exactly that exit came about and how he felt about being branded a snake by Derby fans when the two teams met at the Britannia early on in Frank Lampard's 18-19 season. That summer then, Gary, um, look, it all happened quite quickly from what I remember. And I was listening back to the, uh, to how we reacted at the time. Um, there was contact again with Stoke City and you eventually joined them in, in June 2018. You, you said recently that... Um, Mel Morris had told you that summer and it's it's now known widely that there was a quote very very severe plan of budgetary constraints uh, for Derby County that summer I mean did um did, did Mel give you a figure for what you'd have to spend in that window like how severe uh, are we talking in terms of how much cost cutting there was going to be yeah no I think it was more just you know look we're gonna have to sell a few players we're gonna have to start playing some of the younger lads 
know, and I was all for that. I think, you know, again, you know, every, look, every, I always say this, every owner, every club has a decision to do whatever they want to do. You know, if I'd invested hundreds of millions of pounds into a business, and I know football's a very different business, and I know, you know, it's not necessarily the owner's club, it's a fan's club, I get all of that. Um, but it's hard to tell someone what to do. It's hard to tell someone what direction to go when it's when it's their money that they've earned, you know. So, so um, yeah, it was quite, you know, the, it was quite a severe plan at the time. It felt like that from getting in the playoffs and being close. Whichever way you look at it, we won the first leg. We lost by a goal, you know, like two goals in the second leg, which meant a goal overall. So, you know, there was certainly something to attack the next season with. Um, and, and, you know, to then look at a completely different plan. It's a hard one sometimes because you look back on moments and, you know, again, I said it before, maybe, you know, I should have just rode it out and stayed. And maybe actually the next season wouldn't have been quite so extreme. You know, sometimes um, you also look and maybe sometimes a club wants to go down a different direction. You, you, who knows? You know, there's different ways, isn't there? So, so um, but yeah, I made a decision at the time. I'd worked incredibly hard to get to, to get to where I was. And, there, you know, there's always been for me that sort of just a first to get in the Premier League, to take a team into the Premier League. And, and um, you know, maybe for me, that's something I was a little bit impetuous. Um, but again, you have to make decisions. And, you know, I did it as a player at Derby. You know, I remember Jim Smith calling me into the office and saying, look, we've accepted a bid from Birmingham for you. And in my head, rather than look at it objectively, I just kind of react and said, well, if you don't want me and someone else does, I'll go and speak to them. You know, it was really simple for me. You know, I wanted to play football, you know, and I wanted to try and achieve something. But again, if I look back at that period, sometimes you make decisions hastily, but it's easy to look back and say, maybe I should have stayed. I could have been at Derby County for 15 years. You know what I mean? But life doesn't work like that. And everyone in, in their own jobs make decisions. Some are good, some are bad. But sometimes you get to a point where you think, I'm going to have to decide, do I move to another business or do I stay um, you know, and, and and stay where I am, and, and that's everyone's prerogative. But, but yeah, yeah. The str- I won't go in. Yeah, I can't go into details about what that plan was. I think it'd be unfair. Like I said, I had a really good relationship with everyone at the club. Still speak to people now. Still, you know, I've seen Mel since, and and you know, had a drink with him, and and, and had a really good chat with him. You know, so or, or since I left the club, rather. So, so um, so yeah, fo- football's football, and you have to make decisions. What did he make of that away end of the Derby fans at, at Stoke City that season? My was theory, it just part of just part of the game? My theory on that, with the club were handing them out and the coaches to make to 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 make me look even worse. I think that was a an interesting theory. But yeah, I actually took one home that night. Honestly, it was so funny. So I took one home for my lad. He was about eleven at the time, and um, you know, I was having a bit of fun. Look, do, do you know what? It's funny because you look at things and things can get misconstrued and things can, you know, you can get up yourself and start worrying about stuff. But you know, I used to we. I don't even remember when we played Forest and I was my trainers were getting a bit of stick by the Forest fans. And I was having a bit of stick back. You know, I was having a bit of stick back. I was giving them a bit back and I was having a bit of banter. And I think football probably at times is too serious. Um, you know, and, and like to me, you know, you look at those moments and it's a little bit pantomime, isn't it? You know, people don't people don't necessarily know you personally, but they have a judgment on you. And, and it's their team. You know, it's, you know, that moment, Derby County fans want their team to win. And if they can, you know, if they can, I won't swear on, on live on air, but if they can annoy the opposition manager or they can, you know, show their feelings about the situation, you're going to do that. That's what going to an away game is, is, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's brilliant. So, 
so yeah look i i i didn't have too much of a uh, problem with it it helped that we won the game i've got to be really honest that that made it feel a little bit better um you know we had a bit of a bust up on the on the touchdown because that was a game i think we had a player sent off and we won the lot had a player sent off and then derby equalized i thought god that's it they're going to beat us now we ended up scoring another goal out of nowhere so so um so yeah look these things happen no hard feelings it was a bit of fun for me um you know and i think i've got this i think i've got the snake i don't think it's got any air in it anymore a bit like me getting a bit old and wrinkly that snake but but um, it's still going, it's still going strong somewhere in the garage. So that's it. It's been a great year over on the SBW Patreon. We really do appreciate all the support we've had. Uh, more bonus podcasts, more extra content, competition prizes dished out to, and a wonderful community of like-minded Rams fans over on our Discord channel. So look, if you ever fancy hearing more of the podcasts that you've just listened to, accessing plenty more great benefits besides and supporting Steve Blimmer's washing going forward, then head over to patreon.com forward slash Steve Blimmer's washing to sign up for as little as £3 a month. And in the meantime, Happy New Year. <laughs>